In this episode, we are going to talk about everything related to your pelvic health. So if you were recently pregnant, are frustrated by urinary incontinence, experiencing painful sex, or struggling with lower back, hip, or leg pain, this episode is for you. Welcome to the Pause to Remember podcast. My name is Amy Pelkey. I'm a practicing CRNA yoga teacher and mother to one son here on earth and one daughter who was stillborn. If you are a healthcare provider who has experienced pregnancy or infant loss, this podcast is for you. My goal is to offer resources, conversations, and mindfulness-based grief tools to help providers like you build the courage to acknowledge and process your emotions, the strength to carry your grief, and resilience so you can preserve your career, relationships, and overall well-being while honoring the memory of your baby. I want to assure you that you are not alone in your grief. I am thankful that you are here today. Let's begin. To you, the listener, I am so happy you are here to join me in today's conversation with Dr. Tyra Abdallah. Tyra earned her Doctor of Physical Therapy from Duquesne University and has additional training and a certification in pelvic health. Welcome, Tyra, to the show. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. It is my pleasure. So Tyra and I became well acquainted when I finally figured out I had some pelvic floor issues after our daughter was stillborn. And unfortunately, it took me five years to find her. And I wish in hindsight that I had sought her care much sooner. But With that being said, I think that there's a lot of other women out there who are delaying care or may not even realize that there are pelvic health floor specialists out there who can help them. So I think a really nice place to start is to talk about some of the signs and symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction or pelvic floor health that could be approved upon. So I think a common misconception is that you have to have a baby or be older to be experiencing pelvic floor dysfunction, but I find it commonly in even like a younger generation start to experience signs and symptoms. And some of these are even like abdominal cramping with periods, um, pain in any way with tampon use, sex, um, leakage. I feel like a lot of even like young runners experience leakage during track practice or things like that. But any form of leakage, whether it's drops or full-on peeing your pants, is not normal and can be treated by pelvic floor physical therapy. There's other things, too, like constipation, um, low back and hip pain with running and certain activities could be linked to your pelvic floor. And then prolapse and other um, conditions like that that you often hear all linked to pelvic floor dysfunction. That's a very comprehensive list, and I think that that's not always something we talk about with our younger generation and they may not feel comfortable bringing it up. So I think to moms out there who have teen girls, this might be another thing to add to your list of conversations. And that's, I think why this topic, even for you, and if I'm stepping in, obviously you respond, but I feel like it's just not talked about enough. So a lot of times, even myself, before I got into this field, I would experience these things and just kind of put it on the back burner or think, oh, you know, this, whatever, it'll just kind of go away. And I think we need to start confronting these issues and saying, no, I want to know why this is happening. And I want the best for my body. 
And I think it's finding the healthcare provider that's ready to hear your story and ready to talk through those things is so key for this. I agree. If you are somebody who is experiencing leakage or the low back pain or something like you just mentioned, where is a really good place to start in terms of finding a provider like you who can evaluate them? So the one that I like to use just sort of for a general view of finding a pelvic floor specialist, because I think that's something that's really important too. Sometimes physical therapy market themselves as pelvic floor therapy, and they don't have anyone who's actually certified or has experience, and they end up giving the patient Kegels and sending them home, which can lead to more dysfunction. So the APTA has a really good registry of pelvic health certified specialists. Um, The other thing is just sort of Googling and looking and reading reviews and making sure that my biggest two things are that the experience is going to be one-on-one and that your provider is specialized in some way or has some form of education because physical therapists in our baseline education, we get a little bit of pelvic floor, but as you know, these diagnoses are so complex. So having that extra experience and certifications and training is so crucial and important to being able to properly diagnose and properly treat. And I think the training is very unique because it can be quite intimate at times in terms of the the therapy that you get. And so with that being said, can you talk through what to expect in a normal evaluation? Yeah. So from the first day, the first day I meet someone, my biggest goal is to get to know that person and to start to build trust and build that open communication. Because if I don't have that with someone, I feel we can't truly heal. So that's my priority. And then the first day I typically do a generalized orthopedic screen along with an external pelvic floor screen. I start with external, again, just to make sure that I'm building trust, building rapport, because like you said, sometimes an internal exam can be intimate, can be something that you want to have that relationship built first. However, if I feel that person's really looking for that on that first day and it feels open and ready to do that on the first day, then that's something I will do. The pelvic floor is really just a group of muscles, and that's sort of why It's frustrating to me that it gets underlooked so much because it could be that missing link to back pain, to hip pain, to leg pain. So I really just do some muscle assessments. I'm looking at posture. I'm looking how you're breathing. I'm looking at your different movement strategies, how you're walking, how you hold yourself. And that all plays into the pelvic floor because the pelvic floor really functions to stabilize our pelvis, to support us during all of these functional movements. So I start on that first day looking at that things and started to create of what I think the problem list is that's creating the source of pain. And I think it's nice that that's so comprehensive because then if you identify, you know, an issue with SI joint or lower back or hamstring or whatever else, you can incorporate that all into a complete assessment and and treatment plan. And that's, I think, another really big point that a lot of clinicians don't do a great job expressing is that the pelvic floor is so much more than the pelvic floor. We need to look at your habits, how you manage your stress how your other muscles are working to support your whole body. Because if you're just isolating onto one specific muscle group, I really feel like you're either going to be a repeat having to keep coming into PT, or you're just never really going to get that solution that you want. 
And then just talking a little bit more through the internal exam, it's in a private room, one-on-one. -on -one. Everything is draped to the point where you feel super comfortable. And at any point, even from like two minutes in to 20 minutes in, you can stop if you don't aren't really experiencing a great sensation during it, you can stop. It's all about you feeling confident and comfortable and having consent throughout the whole process. And basically those muscles get palpated through the vaginal canal um, for a female examination. So I'm taking a gloved finger and basically going through the different layers of the pelvic floor. And at each layer, I'm making sure that I'm gaining consent, the patient is comfortable, and that we're on the same page with each step of the process. And I'm assessing for different trigger points, adhesions, muscle function, um, and that's the other thing that I want to highlight that all dysfunction isn't related to weakness. Sometimes the muscles could be in a shortened position. Sometimes they're not being as active as we want them to be. And that's the big point of why just a strengthening or Kegel program is not always beneficial and sometimes could be harmful right off the bat. I can attest to that because I think one of my biggest issues was relaxing and lengthening and being able to have somebody train you and step-by-step step how to do it. And some of those steps were baby steps, you know, along the way was really helpful. So I'm really glad that you highlighted that it's not just a strength issue. It can be a relaxation issue too. And it could feel like trying to do a backflip if you don't know how to activate your pelvic floor or relax your pelvic floor, which is why it's so important you have someone in your corner to teach you these things. Because it's equivalent to if you had knee pain and someone just said, okay, do 200 squats a day. What if you're not squatting right? What if you're not using the right form? And really most likely that's not going to fix your knee pain unless you address why it's happening. So it's, it's equivalent across the board. You've touched a little bit upon trauma. Can you talk about traumatic things? So for this audience, some people may have um, experienced a traumatic birth and maybe that traumatic birth is turned into a C-section, but let's just talk about traumatic birth and how trauma is held in the pelvic floor and can manifest into a problem that you have seen. Mm -hmm. And so people who have experienced trauma are more likely to hold tension in their pelvic floor or experience pelvic floor dysfunction, sometimes subconsciously. Sometimes when you're holding so much tension there, you don't become aware of it until you sort of cue into it. And with any trauma to your body, the body learns to hold tension, which sort of creates this cycle of pain. And I find a lot of times, especially in the pelvic region, there are instances of chronic pain that just go undiagnosed and then sometimes pop up as other things later in life. So that's why it's so important throughout the whole process to have someone who's going to use trauma-informed care because you want your provider to not further that trauma cycle, especially in the medical field. You want someone who's going to be you central. So patient-centered care, listening to your story and doing everything that they can to not keep up the trauma cycle. Cause that's the most important thing for all healing is being able to work through that together and have someone who you trust with that information, with that story, and who's going to be on your side throughout the whole process. Have you been in the situation where you have um, recommended one of your patients to seek mental health care with a therapist while you're working through the pelvic floor issues? Yes. I find the best 
outcomes I get is when we do a holistic multidisciplinary approach. So working with different specialists of doctors, working with even just mental health counselors, um, psychiatrists, life coaches is another huge one I use because I see patients one-on-one for an hour, sometimes once, twice, three times a week, and that's not enough. You know, I wish I could see my patients every day, all day, but that's not possible. So you need to really address every point in your life, whether it's stress, um, time management, just how you're feeling overall, filling your own cup. And that has to be addressed in physical therapy, but it does not stop there. It's really helpful to have a whole team working with you. A multimodal approach, yes. I would like to say, yes. <laughs> so sometimes people say, I'd rather have a C-section than have a vaginal birth because I don't want the trauma to my vaginal area type thing. Have you seen people after having C-sections have pelvic floor issues as well? Yeah. So that's another myth. There's a lot of myths Mm -hmm. in the pelvic floor community, but the prevalence of pelvic floor dysfunction, like leakage, pain, all of that is actually the same for vaginal delivery versus C-section. And that happens because when you're having a C-section, you're cutting through layers and layers of skin and muscle and fascia, not only at that one incision that's commonly seen at the lower part of your abdomen, but they actually cut through your uterus as well. And our abdomen's a beautiful thing in that it has lots and lots of good healing and blood flow, but sometimes it heals a little bit too much. And then there's tons of scar tissue and adhesions that kind of sticks honestly to our organs. Whenever our organs really should move and be able to move with our breathing, with our movement, and when there's adhesions and scar tissue, it restricts that movement, which could lead to pelvic floor dysfunction, constipation, low back pain. But also, if you're not educated on how to manage your scars and really do tissue work on your own, it could lead to pain in that area, which leads to tension in your pelvic floor. So there's a lot of things with a C-section that, again, commonly don't get educated and addressed with patients and lead to problems way down the road. Thank you for touching upon that, because I do think that that is a big misconception. So let's kind of break things down for this community, for the person who's had a miscarriage, say within the first trimester. So an earlier in pregnancy loss, do you have any recommendations for them in terms of things they should think about maybe returning back to work, that sort of thing? I find that even if you don't think anything is wrong, getting a screen on your body, on your pelvic floor is so beneficial to give you empowerment and information on how your body is coping with this stress. Because a lot of times it could be something where you feel you're okay, you feel you're fine, and you just push through and return. And then you find, oh my gosh, I wish I took some more time for myself, or I wish I looked through these things, because that's a form of trauma, and your body holds that trauma. So It's just as important early on in your pregnancy than later in your pregnancy to find help and find resources and make sure that you're filling your own cup and taking that time necessary for your body to heal from trauma and from that experience. Thank you for saying that. And I'm just going to add a gentle reminder to any provider. Remember you're pushing beds. You're helping to lift patients. You are doing a physically taxing job and Filling your own cup is not something that we have been trained to do so that this is your opportunity to say, no, I need to make sure that I am mentally and physically ready to return to the workplace. And I want to make sure that I have my medical team in place to care for me during this time. And somebody like you could be a part of that team. A hundred percent. In terms of if you've experienced a stillbirth, it is customary to take 
a maternity leave, although people who are not in this field um, or awareness because they haven't gone through this may say, oh, you don't have a baby at home. You can come back to work. And number one, you're still going to experience lactation and hormonal changes and your body still needs to recover. And I was wondering if maybe you could just touch upon how important and what happens to the pelvis after you've delivered a baby and things that you can do to help ensure that you don't have long-term problems after your maternity leave. So with pregnancy throughout the whole time, there's so much more force going through your pelvic floor. Your entire body is changing. There's a whole influx of new hormones causing your body to just feel different. And all of those differences contribute to not only pelvic floor dysfunction, but low back pain, leg pain, upper back pain. And so it's so important after delivery to seek out care, to figure out a plan that's specific and unique to you to get back to whatever you want to do. And that's regardless of what you said, the circumstances, you need that. And you also need that time to just heal. Your body needs to heal. Mentally, you need to be able to figure out what you need in that time and find what can help you the best. I would recommend using all of that time for yourself. Cause like you said, what, whatever job you have, usually it's physically and mentally demanding. So you need to make sure that you are ready to get back to that before stepping in too early. And then in terms of working with somebody, once you've identified a problem, is there a time frame that you see it typically takes to work with somebody who's having urinary incontinence or chronic pain or something like that? It's such a large spectrum. Sometimes with patients, it honestly just takes some education and cueing, which is really a beautiful thing and shows how important it is to just educate yourself on your body and be empowered to learn those things. And so sometimes it only takes a couple sessions. I will say that's more of the rare case. A lot of times working through this because it's so connected to our habits and our stress management and just our lifestyle strategies. Usually I work with someone else, tell them we're going to look at this for six weeks. And at the end of six weeks, we're going to do this whole evaluation again. And we're going to see what's gotten better, what's stayed the same and what's gotten worse. And that kind of gives me an idea on the trajectory from there. But if you're thinking about it from a chronic pain aspect, think about someone who's had low back pain their whole life it's not going to go away in a few sessions. It's going to take some time. And I think it's the same for some pelvic floor dysfunction falls under the category of chronic pain. Um, So it's really a spectrum, but that's why it's so important. You're having someone who's going to diagnose you correctly and create a treatment plan that's appropriate for you. Because a lot of times I feel like I'm the provider that comes in after someone's been going through different doctors and told different things and gone to PT and it hasn't worked. And it's really just comes down to someone just not listening to their story fully and not creating a plan that's specific for them. So I always urge people, if you don't like your healthcare provider, or you feel like you're not being respected or listened to, find a new one. You know, you want to find someone who's going to be on your side and who you look forward to seeing and forward to working with because your health is so important and special to you and you need to really prioritize that. I think that that's something that your 
group does really well in terms of listening, because when I initially tried to get care, I thought it was a hamstring, like an upper hamstring type issue. And when I spoke to the owner of your practice to figure out who I was going to best fit in with, he had that sense of thinking, hmm, this might be a pelvic floor issue and referred me directly to you. And that's another big thing that we talked about earlier with finding the right clinician for you or finding this. I would say finding someone that's one-on-one, it's usually marketed well. It's usually on their site. Even if you go to a couple visits and someone's throwing an ankle weight at you and then going and eating their lunch, run, leave and go find another PT clinic because your care should be specialized and it should be one-on-one to get what you want to get out of it. I think in closing, um, we've covered a lot of things and we've really touched upon the trauma aspect um, that is not always really touched upon. And I just want to emphasize that. Is there anything else that you feel like people should think about in terms of nutrition, weight, any other holistic type thoughts that you have? Yeah. So with most pelvic floor dysfunction and even low back, any injury to your body, it's going to take that holistic approach. So am I sleeping enough? Am I fueling my body with the right things? Am I managing my stress well? All of those things play such a key role in our pain experience and in our life. And it really starts with whether it's with physical therapy or with your life coach or just on your own, creating habits for yourself that positive you. Because we do a lot of things in our life, whether it's mindless or subconsciously habits that probably aren't the best for us. So I urge you to go home and think about what does my waking up to going to bed look like? And do those things benefit me? And if you look at your day and you say, you know what, I don't like any of those things I do. It's not too late to change. And it might take one habit at a time or just one different decision at a time, but it's never too late to change and take advantage of your life and just get back to what you want to do. Well said. And I think if you are eating lots of inflammatory foods and you're having an inflammatory process in your pelvis, maybe rethinking some of those inflammatory choices, or if you're not sleeping seven, eight hours a night, making some shifts so you can get rest because without rest, you can't recover. And the one thing I wanted to add for this whole conversation is I think it's a misconception that physical therapy is only for when you're like in pain, you can't do anything. That's when the check engine light is on. We think about it like our cars. We fill our cars with gas. We get them serviced. We do all these things. And then we tend to not even do that with our bodies. So if you feel even that you might be one of those things I talked about, like even a little bit of drops of leakage here and there, or you just feel like my body is not functioning the way I want to go see a physical therapist. You do not have to wait till it's last resort where you can't do anything. You can go seek out physical therapy and figure out your body way before that happens and prevent it from happening. Mm -hmm. And don't be embarrassed. Like if you are leaking, if you are having pain with sex, like it is okay to say, "Mm, this is really a little uncomfortable to talk about, but know that there are people out there who are completely comfortable with it and will guide you through the process of evaluating it. Mm -hmm. Do you find that um, people who have had traumatic births or any kind of trauma in their past have a higher incidence of painful sex? 
Yes, especially just falling under the chronic pain umbrella of pelvic floor low back, there's a much higher rate of that after any sort of trauma, whether it's birth trauma, sexual trauma, even just trauma throughout their life that, again, people sometimes think, oh, it's okay, I'll just get past it. Those things affect our body and our body holds on to that. And so having someone to help you get through that and work through it and be aware of it is so important. You can convince your mind one thing, but your body keeps the score. <laughs> yes. 100%. Yes. <laughs> yes your, your physical um, expressions are really the ones that are giving you a lot of information to pay attention to. And this is just another tidbit just from clinical practice. I find a lot of times the women I work with that are go, 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 very successful in their careers great moms, <laughs> smiling, really like have beautiful lives, but they tend to hold on to a lot of trauma because they're so concerned about, okay, am I being a good mom? Am I doing this? Am I exercising? Am I fueling my body? So sometimes their habits are really, really wonderful. However, it's working through those deeper, deeper levels of trauma and am I okay? Am I filling my own cup? Those are so important. Because I think it also kind of people look at their lives and they say, well, my life's fine. I, I'm fine. I'm going to keep going. But I think it's going down to those simple box. Am I really doing okay? Am I really fine? Do I really feel okay with what's going on in my body? And that's going to really uncover some deeper things. Giving yourself permission to exercise your own self-care. Mm -hmm. Very wise words of advice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as we wrap up here, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing some time and space on this podcast and educating us about pelvic health and not waiting until the check engine light is on and getting evaluated, whether you're, you know, noticing some problems during your pregnancy, you've had a loss at any stage and maybe just saying, I'm going to get my pelvic floor checked out before I return to work. And then if you are having some of those uncomfortable signs and symptoms, not waiting years to get them taken care of going sooner rather than later. Well said. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Tyra is very thorough in everything that she does. She emailed me a beautiful summary of our conversation and she really wanted to emphasize a few things. First, that pelvic floor dysfunction can happen throughout the lifetime and it presents differently in each person. Any bladder leakage and even bowel leakage, whether it's once a month, once a week, or every day, is not normal and it can be treated. A feeling of heaviness in your pelvic region or a falling out feeling, these can be signs of prolapse or underactivity in the area. Tension, the feeling that you cannot be intimate with your partner, pain with sex or with inserting a tampon, these also can be signs of pelvic floor dysfunction. If you look globally at something like lower back, hip, or leg pain, all that is related to how your pelvic floor is functioning and might be a sign of weakness, tension, overactivity, or something else in the area. Your body goes through a lot of changes during pregnancy, including hormonal changes, posture, how your joints and muscles are working, and lifestyle changes that may include less exercise. This can make you feel different, make your body feel different, and then 
add the trauma of losing a baby on top of all these changes and you might start to notice more pelvic tension or trigger points forming. The tension and those trigger points also impacts your movement feelings and how you do things. So for women who have lost babies, it is crucial to have someone trained in pelvic floor dysfunction to evaluate you, be your advocate and help you understand how your body is working. This will help you create a plan for you to get back to the life you want to live. Tyra can do an evaluation if you have any concerns. If you are not in the greater Pittsburgh, Washington, Pennsylvania area, she does offer telehealth evaluations. I will leave all of her contact information at Juan Settler Physical Therapy that's located in Scenery Hill in the show notes. And you can also follow her on Instagram. Her handle is at Pittsburgh Pelvic PT. Again, thank you for being here. I hope you found some value in this conversation that Tyra and I had today. If you are interested in any of the things offered here at Pause to Remember, such as the free yoga that's coming up, the monthly virtual support group specifically for healthcare professionals that meets on the second Monday of every month at 7.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via Zoom. Links to all the offerings as well as Tyra's information will be below in the show notes. To make it easier for grieving healthcare providers to find the content here at Pause to Remember, please consider taking a minute to go over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review this episode. Thank you so much.